Hey there, welcome to another episode of Monday Moments, the show in which we take a deeper dive into Sunday's sermon. With me today is Pastor James. Uh, this Sunday is a little interesting because we had our kids' Christmas program, which took up, you know, a multitude or, you know, majority of Sunday yep. morning, but uh, there was still a message that you shared at the end. So if you missed uh, this past Sunday's sermon and you want to go back and watch it, uh, we're not playing a trick on you, just you know, get to the end. But I don't know. The Kids Christmas program is always fun. So maybe don't skip that either. So anyways, if this is your first time joining us, uh, please consider hitting the subscribe button and the little bell icon next to it to be notified every time uh, we upload a new episode. And without further ado, let's get into it. Awesome. So like I said, uh, we had our kids Christmas program, yeah. which is always fun to watch kids, you know, sing and dance and, and have a good time. And uh, we called it the uh, the most adorable version of the greatest story ever told. <laughs> all the little sheep shedding all over the stage is amazing. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but at the end, you know, you you shared a, a brief message, uh, kind of segueing into uh, this next Sunday, I think, which yeah. is our family Christmas service. And you talked, if I had to, if I had to pinpoint it, it would it would be about being prepared. Yeah, and the circumstances into which Christ was born. Um, and the circumstances surrounding that, the situation, the people, the political climate, everything, right? Um, and how a lot of the world missed it. Yeah. Because they weren't prepared. And one of the things I thought that was uh, interesting that we know, but we, I think, kind of gloss over sometimes is just how unprepared I think Joseph and Mary really were because they were first time parents, right? Yeah. Like they'd never done this before. And we know that, right? Because Jesus was born of a virgin. You know, we we've heard that, but we don't stop and think. Well, wait a minute. Yeah, when I had my first kid, like I was like, how do I keep this human alive? You know, let alone the savior of the of the world. Like, you know, talk about a tremendous little, amount of response. Pressure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it, it seemed to me like there is this paradox happening that even though Mary and Joseph likely grew up hearing all of the prophecies about the Messiah, there was still this element of at least feeling unprepared yeah. if not being totally unprepared for <clears throat> raising a child let alone the savior of the world right so i maybe could you share a little bit more about that or you know what it looks like to be prepared for the unexpected because we obviously don't know the future yeah um and yet god does and he's got a plan for us and he's moving us and calling us into the future yeah, I think that I think that being prepared has a it it has this human element, but it also has a spiritual element to it. Yeah. <clears throat> so, from a human element, I think that we, when we talk about being prepared, we we like this idea of preparedness. Like, I am capable of handling whatever is going to come. Like, I I've, yeah. I've got everything that's in order for these things. And I think that I I think that the preparation. Um, when we when we talk about being prepared in this element is is more of a uh, this this spiritual preparedness that says Lord I'm I'm going to submit mm -hmm. like my will my desires my um, my expectations to your plan yeah. um, because the reality is is like <clears throat> what Mary and Joseph were being asked to do had like this impossible weight to it yeah. And and not only that, but like he picked, he picked this this young girl and this young man who never had kids before, and he says, "I, I want to I want to do something. I want to bring about something mm -hmm. 
with you. And, and over and over through Scripture, like we find God using the most unlikely in these yeah. situations. Yeah. Um, people who who on their own would not be able to accomplish these things, but they they were prepared in their heart. And, and that's what that's what Mary says. She says, like your servant is mm-hmm. is willing. Yes. Like I will do whatever it is. And I think that that's really this idea of preparedness when it comes to specifically this story. Like they were they were open yeah. to whatever it was that God was wanting to use them. Both of them felt ill-equipped like mary sure. said like okay i'm gonna submit to this joseph was like yeah. no this is a lot yeah. like this is this is heavy yeah um to to take these things on but when when jesus when jesus later in his life when he would talk about like my yoke is easy take take these mm-hmm. things upon me there's this there's this understanding that says he's not he's not giving us this weight mm-hmm. god's not giving us this weight of things and saying do this on your own now. Yeah. He's giving this weight and then he's saying, I'm gonna get under this with you and I'm gonna carry I'm gonna carry the weight. Yeah. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna invite you to come along with me in right. doing this. So Yeah, and I think that's kind of the uh the key is I think that being willing and submitted, mm-hmm. which sounds easy when we say it, say, Yes, Lord, I'm I'm willing, I'm submitted, whatever it is that you have for me. Yeah. But then when the hard things come, that's when it's really difficult, I think, for us to make sense out of. Like, God, mm-hmm. how could this possibly be your yeah. plan? And um, I was thinking, like, if if Grace and I were expecting a baby, she's nine months pregnant, and all of a sudden we have to make a 5,000-mile journey <laughs> over five days on a donkey, we would have been like, God, this is really inconvenient. Like that's it, a fast donkey. Yeah, I sh- a thousand miles that, a day. That's <laughs> I, you know, that, <laughs> that's what the Google told me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, yeah, I think we would have questioned it and saying, "God, is like, yeah. what's going on? Why is this happening to us?" Instead of saying, like, you know, what Mary said, "Let it be done according to your will." You know, yeah. um, I am your servant, and and just having this willingness. So I think that's I think that's good and. And I think we miss a lot of times that God has been preparing us in one way or another. It doesn't yeah. mean, like you said, that we're fully capable of handling every single thing. Yeah. We don't need any reliance upon God. But at the same time, God has prepared us. And it, it kind of made me think of the story of Moses and the burning bush. When God called him to lead out the Israelites, he rebuttaled God and said, I don't know if I'm the right guy for this. And, yeah. and God said, Moses, look at what's in your hand. And it was his shepherd's staff. And for yeah. the past 40 years... God had been preparing him to lead, you know, he was leading through sheep, through, yeah. through watching the flocks, but that's how God was preparing him to lead a nation out of, out of bondage. Um, same thing with, with Queen Esther. Mordecai said, who knows whether you have attained royalty for such a time as yep. this. And, and we see that both Moses and Esther in the Old Testament were foreshadowing Jesus. They mm-hmm. were both mediators and, uh, they they stood in the gap and delivered Israel, yeah, uh, and, and brought salvation to them. And so I, I think that just kind of speaks to even echoing what Clem talked about um, last week, which was even the most difficult of situations is part of God's plan A. God's mm-hmm. not interested in plan B, and we just yeah. don't always see it like that. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that 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 being prepared, it's 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 being ready. You know, yeah. Lord, I, I'm I want to be ready to be. 
used by you. Like, I'm not going to get my life so consumed with other things that that if you come and you ask of me to do something that I'm not going to, I'm not going to have the capacity for it. I'm not going to be available for yeah. it. And, and so I think that when we talk about this preparedness, because again, like it, I, I said yesterday, but it's, it, it's just as it's just as detrimental to look at the birth as the beginning when when the reality is that that like this plan of redemption began mm-hmm. all the way back in the garden yeah um, and then God used Israel to kind of to, to create all of these things that would be fulfilled in the person of Christ um, but it's just as detrimental to stop there yeah um, as it is to begin there because the reality is, is like we we need to be prepared for this for this return of this king, and and what does it look like to live a life that's prepared? Yeah, I think that's that's really what becomes significant to <clears throat> us. And um, am I putting am I putting change off that the Lord is putting in my heart? Yeah, like am I am I um, am I putting things off that um, like that the Lord is challenging me to do because because I'm fearful because well like Moses you know I I can't um, I can't talk Moses um, had some sort of a speech impediment and so no doubt with all of the other miracles that God had done God could have given Moses the words but he you know he pushed and pushed until Aaron was provided but the reality is is that when God when God calls us to do things like are we actively about the work of the father so that when he returns, like we look at it and say, yeah, yeah. I, I was, I was a part mm-hmm. of these things. I finished well. I, I completed what it was that God had for me. Well, there's that famous saying that says God doesn't call the equipped. He equips, he equips those who are call. called. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's very true. Uh, you know, one of the other things that you talked about was the transformation that we experience in this life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, Yes, we should be preparing for Jesus' return. Mm-hmm. But there is transformation that God is calling us to here and now. And it made me think of you know, what Paul said in 1 Corinthians. It said, if we have hope in Christ for this life only, we're to be most pitied of all men. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I know that in that passage, Paul was primarily talking about resurrection from the dead. Yeah. But to me, what stood out about that was when Paul says, if we have hope in this life only, suggests that there is something about this life here and now that mm-hmm. Jesus is calling us into. There's a transformation that God is wanting us to experience and attain, right? Like we see elsewhere in scripture, be holy because I am holy. Yeah. Jesus transforming us. And Jesus even saying, I, I, it was John 10, right? Like where I've come that you might have life and life more abundant. Yeah. And so I think my question is, in a in a practical and relevant sense, what does abundant life look like? Yeah, good question. Um, because I think that there's this um, there is this unfortunate belief about Christianity that says that Christianity is like this life that is removed from anything that's satisfactory. Mm, mm-hmm. It's like, well, when I, you know, when you become a Christian, you got to give up all of these different things. And, yeah. and, and that's not at all what scripture describes. Like yeah. scripture describes this very fulfilled, very full, very yeah. abundant life. 
but really like coming to grips with what does that abundance look like. And so when we, when we think about abundance, we think about more than enough, but we often think about like the temporal things, the, the things, the tangible things, what can I touch? What can I have? What can I possess? And, and, and that's this understanding of abundance. But, but scripture paints for us this very, um, this very vivid picture that abundance is far more significant than what we can touch and feel. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think that oftentimes we try to use those like temporal things to, to satisfy that desire yeah. within us to, to create some sort of a, a resolution in our heart that says like, this is enough. I have enough, mm-hmm. but what if we could experience all of that, even in the absence of those things? Yeah. See, that's really what the abundance in scripture does is it brings a contentedness and, yeah. and not just a, I don't even want to use the word content because content sounds like just like, Oh, I'm like, I'm okay. I'm, I'm fine. Like this is, this is good enough. Yeah. But, but when scripture talks about it, it says that like there will be, there will be joy yeah. in those things and, and joy, obviously that emotion that goes much deeper than just a, a happiness. Right. There's something within us that actually rejoices knowing that, that the Lord is providing, knowing that the Lord is leading, knowing that the Lord is is changing us to become more like Him, and and in becoming more like Him, we we become more satisfied. Yeah. Um, and so that that abundance, it's it's so unfortunate that we so oftentimes attach that understanding to like temporal things, yeah. and and I I fully believe that God desires to. Um, satisfy our needs in those things, yeah. but he is—he is concerned about so much more yeah. than just the temporal things. His heart's desire is to really give us those—that spiritual satisfaction that comes when we submit a life to him. Yeah, yeah, and I think that goes with, without saying almost that you know, are some of these temporal things bad in and of themselves? No, no. I mean, yeah. you know, obviously there are some. Some things that are very clearly sin, and that's not what yeah, we're talking yeah. about. Um, but people do try to find fulfillment in sinful things. We're not talking about that. Yeah. You know, we're talking about, you know, uh, some of the temporal things, right? Yeah. It was possessions, money, jobs, clothes, whatever. Yeah. And Jesus talks about those things, right? Like Jesus wasn't um, shying away from some of those mm-hmm. topics, right? Like, But he said, you know, if the flowers of the field are, are clothed in greater array than Solomon in all of his splendor, yeah. you know. Um, if the, if the ravens, if the birds, uh, sparrows, you know, are, are fed every single day, then, you know, how much more so is your father going to care for you? I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, 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 but, yeah. No, I you know, yeah. um, <clears throat> and yet, just like you said, yeah, God is so, is concerned in, in so much more than that. I don't mean concern in like a negative anxious yeah. way, but just like he sees what really matters and what yeah. really brings that fulfillment. And it's this inner peace that we can't find any way or anywhere else. It's only when we're satisfied and content in who God is yeah. and the promises of that he's made in, in, in the Bible. And it's not just in what his hands have provided. It's, it's in who he is. Yeah. It's like it, it, no matter what, I know that God loves me yeah. and I know that he's taking care of me and I know that he's in control. Yeah. And does that mean that we're not going to be challenged? No, like we're going to no. be challenged. But at the same time, I think if we can come to that experiential knowledge of who God is, yeah, then I think that helps us be prepared for just about anything. Yeah. Um, 
And again, yeah, it might stretch us, it might challenge us, it might grow us or sting in certain ways, but at the at the end of the day, we can rest confident and assured in, in knowing yeah. who's watching and, over and, us. And I think it's I think it's more than you might. Like it has to. Yeah. It has to stretch us. Yeah. It has to deepen us. Which means that we have to be willing to put our to put our trust in God. To say it another way, we have to be willing to take a risk in this area. Mm-hmm. And and a risk looks like this. God, if you don't move, yeah, this fails. Like that's that's really where we find that satisfaction in him yeah. because he shows up and he moves and he changes us and and we step a little bit closer mm-hmm. to really understanding the heart that he has for us and we become a little bit more like him and and now that process of transformation like every day lord and that paul's paul's famous words i die daily yeah like paul was waking up every day which i think is such a good practice for us to say father what needs to die in me that you might live today yeah you know like what what part of my life um i mean imagine if every day we there was there was this one thing that we're like you know it's a day Today, this part of me dies. Yeah. So that so that I can become more like Him. What a what a awesome practice that yeah. would be for us. Yeah. And talk about a flipped table, right? Where yeah. instead of waking up saying, "All right, what am I going to conquer yeah. today?" It's all right. What part of me is going to yeah, die today? Right. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. What a mind shift. But yeah. Anyways, yeah. well, I, we're about out of time. So just thank you for. Uh, take us time out of your day to, to kind of dive into yeah. yesterday's sermon. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode. If you haven't had a chance to go back and watch uh, Sunday's sermon, please do so. You can do it right here on our YouTube channel. Uh, as always, thank you again for joining us for another episode of Monday Moments, and we will see you next week.